Hello and welcome to the Film Ireland podcast. I'm Gemma Cray and I'm here with three filmmakers whose short films are screening in the IFI DocFest. The DocFest takes place on the 25th to the 29th of September and the short screening is at 1.30 on the 28th. So we are here with Nolik Houlihan, the director of Reality Baby, Paul Webster, the director of The Vasectomy Doctor, and Peter Kilmartin, the director of Sunnyside Up. I just want to welcome you all to the Film Ireland podcast. So I have three fantastic filmmakers whose shorts are going to be in the programme on the 28th at 1.30. And I was just wondering if you guys could just introduce yourselves and the project a little bit as we go around. If you start with you, Nolik. Sure. My name is Nolik Houlihan. I'm, I'm the director of Reality Baby, which is a short um, observational documentary about a group of teenage girls who are involved in a sexual health project where they mind uh, a kind of a lifelike baby doll for 24 hours. I feel like in society mothers are seen to have more of a role in the baby's life than a father do you get me okay, so. so like say like a mother had the baby they're more important they're yeah. more important like exactly that's it it was them so these are going to get your babies oh i can't wait oh my god that's just all scars on my legs like just rocking the baby hey mom what? <laughs> i can hear it oh, oh. No. And what's your own background? I trained as a director um, and I worked as a producer for a long time. So I've, I've produced a number of um, Irish Film Board, uh, Screen Ireland, um, uh, shorts, documentaries and fiction pieces and um, a few uh, a feature length uh, documentary and also a few documentary series. So I have I have a lot of experience as a, as a producer, but I, I did originally train as a director. Excellent. And it's a beautiful, warm piece as well. How did you get involved with it? Um, a few years ago, I was doing a lot of um, f- filmmaking projects with young people down in um, Wicklow. And I just met some youth workers there and I was really kind of impressed by the way that they engaged with the young people. And it was such a nice, warm sort of atmosphere to be in that I just I I just knew that I'd like to make a project not with, with, with as, as a, I suppose, as a filmmaker rather than as a facilitator. And I, was, I, I suppose we were talking talking about ideas with with them for a project that they might make and they actually suggested the reality baby project and we we couldn't do it at the time but I kind of stayed in my mind so I eventually submitted it for screener and funding and it got funded. Hi uh, my name is Peter Clemartin and I'm the director of The Sunny Side Up. The Sunny Side Up is a short documentary about two exonerated prisoners who upon getting released from prison found each other and found hope, love and forgiveness as a result. It is so scary so ominous it's dimly lit there's all these like strange faces peering out at you because when the do- when they hear somebody coming everybody's looking to see who it's going to be what's going on you know if it's not meal time and then you walk in and everyone is looking at you and you just don't know what to do you know they hand you, you know, just a few little things that you go in with and then they lock the door behind you. Um, yes, the Sunnyside Up was my graduate film coming out of the National Film School. And the story came to me in a kind of a bizarre way. I, um, I'm from County Roscommon. And basically, I'd been like researching for ages, trying to find like, the perfect graduate documentary film idea, knowing that it was coming up for ages. And I basically was in the library one day and I found this mad story of this Garda ambush, which was like two miles away from my home house that I'd never heard of. 
And I was like, holy, how did I never know about this? So when I started digging a lot more into it, I found that there was um, a lot of news and media coverage of it. And I found out that there that there had been a wrongful conviction following from that event. So I did a lot of research into it and I, I came across my two documentary subjects and pursued them ever since. And it, kind of was, a long, it was a long road to, to where we got to today. Oh, and I really want to ask you questions about it, but I don't want to spoil too much. I don't know if anyone's kind of watching it because you do, the way you set it up, there's a bit of a, there a is reveal a bit of a as reveal. you go yeah. in. To be honest with you, in the lockdown yeah. stuff, I do give a lot away because there's a lot there to be got yeah. even afterwards, but... What, what does it say in the logline? And we'll stick to that information. Basically, the, the premise of the film is that two yeah. exonerated prisoners um, meet after um, 17 years of being in prison. And um, what are the chances that these two people um, meet and fall in love? Oh, it's so lovely. Yeah. They have such a gorgeous dynamic and they're so uh, just gorgeous to watch. I mean, when you think of from such tragedy there's such a kind of warm charisma with the pair of them yeah yeah so how it, did you meet them then to <laughs> get them to do it like yeah meeting them was hard because they're they're actually both really really busy and um, Sonny and Peter they both like they're really advocates to like the death penalty and they go around the world like speaking to people and um, they go they're like big advocates with Amnesty International so getting them to actually meet me was an absolute task in itself and convincing them that I wasn't going to butcher their story or make make um something of it that it wasn't so I met with them and I ended up feeding goats for a day with them in Connemara so that's that was my first meeting with them and then after that we just kind of established a relationship and I suppose they, I gained a bit of trust with them and took it from there yeah because it, it's very warm okay we'll, we'll go into maybe a little bit we'll ask more questions yeah, about that later because I definitely want to come back to both of those and yourself Paul the vasectomy doctor so how did it come about yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah so my film is uh, the vasectomy doctor uh, it's about Dr. Andrew Rin, who was Ireland's first vasectomy doctor. Um, he started in the 70s, kind of went up against the church. Uh, they would have seen it as mutilation. Um, so not many other doctors were kind of brave enough to do that kind of thing. And throughout his career, he just kind of kept stepping up and kind of standing up for what he believed in. He had spent some time in Canada and kind of formed kind of a more progressive view on medicine and bodily autonomy and that kind of thing. Uh, so then he was also very instrumental in getting condoms legalized in the mid 80s. And then in 1990, he was shot by a former patient. Uh, so we kind of the tagline for the film is the, the extraordinary life and near death of Dr. Andrew Rin. When he got into the surgery, he got the gun out of, out of the bag and assembled it there in the waiting room in front of everybody else. And the next thing, the, the, the door is kicked open behind me. And, and, and this guy comes in with the gun up to his shoulder. So for such a short film, <laughs> so much happens. In it. Yeah, there's a lot. And you have like political connotations, and it's actually even though that does sound really intense and serious and stuff, it's actually hilarious. Yeah, because he's a lunatic, but in the best possible <laughs> yeah. way with such charisma. Like, how did you find him? I kind of I was really fascinated with looking at the last thirty forty years in Ireland. Uh, the, the sexual politics and the shift like uh, like I was born in 1987 and there's a clip that we use in the film that has Gay Byrne like show a, open a, a condom packet for the first time on live television and 
like you know there's gasps from the audience and I was like that's the year I was born and like in my life you know that's like 32 years it's it's things have changed so much so I've always kind of been fascinated with looking at that and I was really interested in like things like the contraceptive train and I read a lot around that and then I just uh, a friend of mine heard him on the radio and he told a story with such such wit and humor and uh, I just I had to I, I got his book I found his memoir uh, on like the deep <laughs> it had been published a few years ago so I had to do a bit of digging but I found it on uh, Kindle and it was just really funny really well written and then I just reached out to him and he was up for it and he's he's such a funny and generous person he 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 seemed to get it and he was so he was on board straight away yeah and even there are elements of that story that are absolutely hilarious like the again I don't want to give too much away because they're really nice moments if you're watching it for the first time but I'm just gonna say if anyone's seen it before the bit with the pint you're like what (laughs) yeah yeah. it's the most Irish thing I ever seen yeah Yeah. I was just saying that to see but I was like that is just it's like something out of Father Ted in a way like it's just is that fact did that actually happen that's what that happened yeah and like these little tidbits kept kind of revealing themselves the more people we kind of talked to and because uh, he's t- told the story so many times he'd kind of forget bits but yeah that came up kind of late and I kind of had to furiously rewrite a scene because because we were doing uh, reenactments uh, we could kind of do you know but uh, we were lucky to find actual footage uh, so we went out to RT we were actually looking for a bit uh, that turned out not to exist um, just that it's actually in real in, in the years, but it's kind of been lost since or it wasn't it? It was only on film. But then going through when we just put in Dr. Rin into the database, we found like 20 minutes of rushes of uh, a cameraman, RT car- cameraman went out to just after the shooting uh, where the, the gunman was kind of holding siege for about three or four hours. And we found like footage of the crowd, of the guards trying to calm him down. And they're like, just like chain smoking and throwing cigarettes at him. <laughs> And there's a moment where he has to, he has the the gunman has to take a pee, and <laughs> so he's he, they and the guards let him like they kind of you know take take a time out, and he has to like, kind of hold his rifle and take a pee at the same time, and then they resume the siege afterwards. Just like right. couldn't fit that in, you know. But uh, there were so many just bizarre kind of killing Scully kind of mo- moments like that. But it, yeah, it was just like it's just so funny and. The, and the the vasectomy doctor himself is so charismatic in his regaling of it. But I would say you hear of like docudrama, but you never hear of like docu-comedy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You definitely yeah. have that one coined. Yeah. Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about your own background. How did you get into film? Uh, yeah, so I'm from Navin County Mead. Uh, been making films since I was about 14 or 15. Just always mad about it. And went to college in Galway. Studied in GMIT and NUIG. And... Yeah, I've been kind of working in the industry pretty much since then. I write and direct, uh, so I I write for Fair City, and uh, it's uh, it's great. I love doing it, and but I also love uh, documentary. Uh, so I've produced and directed um, uh, about three or four documentaries, and this was a great melding of the two because I could do drama and documentary, and you know, just casting actors and actually you know designing um the the scenes you know so taking real life and actually you know how how you dramatize them and 
yeah, big, a big thing with this was, you know, getting to work with actors and, you know, who were playing real people. And, uh, yeah, so it was it was a great kind of melding. I'd love to do more kind of more drama and more, you know, where you can kind of mix the two. Excellent. And more docu-comedy. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Like, just because truth is, truth is so much stranger than fiction. Yeah. Um, I think between the, the three documentaries that you guys have, obviously there's a, a great program, but there's so much similar themes with humor and closeness there's political themes with regards um reproductive rights and bodily autonomy and then uh the the kind of right to life and Mm. people's actual right to be alive and what does the death penalty mean so it's really it was really interesting mix and very very different to watch so you can only imagine what's going to be there when you watch it there but how do you guys feel watching your shorts in a screening like that do they are they always received well uh yeah well yeah. I, I think that's the thing about the like to be doctor really comes alive when you watch it with an audience because it starts out and it kind of feels like okay this is a documentary about an interesting guy kind of an interesting time in ireland and then it takes this kind of left turn in the middle that nobody's expecting even though the poster has a rifle on it it's still people <laughs> kind of forget you know they kind of lose themselves in the story and we have some really good archive and people kind of enjoy seeing that it's interesting seeing the different reactions of different generations so like we have a clip from the late late show with uh father cleary who uh is kind of railing against the use of condoms and young people just see him as some old fusty priest but then the older people in the audience get a huge laugh because he later then he fathered a child <laughs> while he was a priest and that's so it's interesting to see the different reactions and then when the shooting happens it's kind of the strange mix of gasps and laughter at the same time because it's kind of it's kind of breakneck speed and it's uh you know there's a guy being chased down a street uh, and a guy's another guy's shooting at him and uh but then the way the doctor tells the story it kind of breaks the tension because he'll just make a joke about being shot at you know so the the reaction has been incredible like just after screenings people coming up and i especially when the doctor is there it's great to see him just people are coming up wanting to shake his hand and saying call him a legend and <laughs> you know it's it's and he, you know it's great for him to get get that i think he enjoys it yeah that's great yeah i actually something similar to the for my graduate show um, Sonny and Peter actually came to the screening and it was like that you could nearly feel like the atmosphere change as they entered the room the people were like wow like, it nearly brings the, the whole documentary genre to a different level when you literally are sitting beside the subject so for me that was really really special so um, seeing them there was cool but yeah like for me I haven't um, had too many films in festivals like my it premiered at Galway and being there and seeing it on the big screen for, for me as a filmmaker was a really big moment you know and hopefully there's a lot more moments like that but just just to see people enjoying your work and enjoying your method of storytelling is that's i suppose what it's all about for me and it may sound corny or cheesy but that is at the end of the day what um what your your ultimate goal is is you're making something for people to watch and when you actually do see them 
enjoy it. It's it's, it's a triumphant experience to be honest with you. The vasectomy doctor actually and reality baby have been are getting programmed together a bit, I yeah. think, because they sort of speak to each other a little bit. And yeah. it was when they played in Cork originally. Um, you know, they, like the girls that are in my film were really, you know, amazed by all the stuff that happened in your film. <laughs> right. And then they were taking selfies with the doctor afterwards, which was, uh, really <laughs> <stop>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which was a really nice thing to see. But uh, but I mean, it, and then it's really interesting because like. Some of the stuff is is so you know in the past, but then some of the stuff like when when I was sitting in with them in their in their in their in their group and so on, listening to them talking, you know, they're still not getting like you know proper sex education in school, and you know, so all this stuff is still kind of going on, yeah. even though it also looks you know really you know old fashioned when you're seeing it in in your documentary. So it is really interesting to see them together. I think. Yeah. You know. Were Were you nervous showing them the film? Showing um. Uh, yeah, I suppose kind of. You're always, I guess, you're always a little bit nervous. But I, you know, I, I mean, you I, I knew they'd love so to like, see themselves. You know? Yeah, and I knew yeah. that, and they looked good, and they were knew they were going to be really happy about that. <laughs> and they get a lot of laughs. Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. It's yeah. a real crowd pleaser. So I, I guess that must have been a great moment for them in Cork. Yeah, yeah, they they loved it. They were, you know, they were, and they, I mean, they actually had they had a big screening themselves in in Kilku, which went really well, and they, you know, uh, they were really happy with that. And so, yeah, <laughs> I was going to say as well. So it it's very different styles, but it must be very hard, especially I think, um, girls of that age, around sixteen, seventeen, they're so self conscious. How did you get them comfortable with? Yeah, it's you funny actually. There, like, uh, yeah, that's that is an issue, especially like, and I found that a lot when when actually working with groups when you're facilitating that, like, if you say the word close up, you know, you, everybody leaves the room almost. You know, they go, you know, and it's, you know, it's it's really it's kind of, it can be quite difficult kind of. But actually, with this group, I, um, they just they, like they, I I keep I always say that about it. They just ran with it from day one. They wanted to do it, and then and they decided they were going to do it, and then they just ran with it. And I think that happens with groups as well. You know, if you if you if you hit on a good kind of moment with people, they will just you know they'll just. I mean, you know, we had a, we had four day shooting, but we really had it filmed within the first twenty four hours. You know what I mean? I knew it was we were we were kind of almost done. You know, because they just they just you know they just kept going. <laughs> they kept delivering up the goods all the time. You know? Yeah, because they were very good banter with each other. Like it's very very natural, and it's funny because like you kind of think, oh, this generation are so different. They're so different to us, and I was like, they they were exactly. Like us, yeah, and that's and part of that is like the it's the it's the youth workers, you know, and that was that was kind of I suppose that's my was my you know my my in with them was I I I I I met the youth worker and then I you know I had a good relationship with her and then when she brought me in and said you know I was okay well then you know I was okay and that was it you know they just they they said you know they accepted that you know and then you know they were I think Kate McCullough shot it and she's she's very kind of on set she's very kind of low key. So they just, you know, they just kind of trusted her or whatever and they were happy. Yeah. You know. And I was going to say as well to like, did everybody agree wholeheartedly to be a part of it? Was there anyone who was like... We, I think there were there were probably a couple of people in the group early on who weren't sure, and and I suppose the process happened over months of me going in and meeting them and working with them and stuff. So by the time we got to the shoot, everybody that was committed was committed. That you know, and everybody who wasn't interested had kind of you know left or whatever, or just wasn't involved in that weekend or whatever. So yeah. And was there any longer repercussions? Have you kind of have they spoken about a? The reaction to other people of them being in the film, but even just the subject matter themselves where what they've learned, like, you know, sometimes it takes a while to. Yeah, I think they um, 
yeah, I think the, the main thing well, that I thought for them was that they had kind of, they'd shifted their perspective a little bit in terms of thinking about how things might be for other people. So I think for, in terms of thinking about how think life might be like for the other young mother that they meet during the film and stuff, I think they were a little bit more sympathetic to, to you know, and even their own mothers and that kind of thing. I think that was the main take take home for, for most of them was just like thinking about what other, someone else's life might be in a very, you know, real way kind of. Yeah, I like I. That was a lovely moment with with the with the girl <laughs> and her babies. mom, and she's like, "You don't know what it's like," and she's like, "I do know what it's like." <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Like you just see, you just see the cogs turning, and yeah. it's like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> I was that for you." <laughs> yeah, yeah. They do. Yeah, they they do have that moment where they go, "Oh yeah, you you wouldn't get to lie in the sofa with your mom, you know, if you had your baby." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> And it, it does kind of speak to that generation as well, where, you know, things, again, are changing so much with technology and, but they're not really like, they're, you know, and th- the values are the same and. Yeah, and they still have a, a lot of the same concerns, you know, and they're still living in a really kind of small, tight knit little society and they still have the same kind of problems that, you know, anybody who ever grew up in Ireland probably has, you know, except it's all a bit more magnified now, you know. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> and how do you guys build rapport with your subject? Well, like I was told um, when I was starting on this project, she, my documentary teacher, Jean Rice, she said she sat me down and she was like, Peter, this is a really good story. But the most important thing to make this cross the line is the relationship you build with these. So from day one, it was about for me, like before I could even start thinking about the story, it was about getting these people to trust me enough to tell their story so it was literally like countless times meeting them and talking to them on the phone and emails and she'd like like Sonny was like Sonny's the boss basically Peter just kind of is in the background um, and Sonny would like reply to him be like what time are we meeting at and if you were like five minutes late you better let her know you're going to be five minutes late that sort of thing so it, for me it was about understanding that relationship in a really really great way and to be honest with which I, I brought a really good team with me like two guys from my class Nate the DP and Keen uh, my producer they were really kind of people people friendly and well able to socially adapt to situations so to have that small crew with you was really invaluable as opposed to bringing a big camera crew with you and scaring them away if that makes sense and I was going to say you get some such warm moments of them being kind of flirty and funny with one another and things like how long is it before that starts to come out well, like they're really, really good on camera, and I think it's because they've they've told their stories quite a number of times. So they, it wasn't the first time they were recounting it or anything. But I think, um, I suppose an hour or so into it, and they were they were well able to chat away. Like, and we kind of had breaks in between, and we kind of we let we let them dictate the day. So we we weren't saying like um, certain things at certain times. It was just basically like we might sit down and have a chat now if that's cool with you. And we kind of just done it that way, and that way it felt if like the day kind of flowed a lot better as opposed to really pressuring them into okay we've an hour to get this interview so um i suppose we, we spread that over about a three-month shoot so we were kind of going there maybe once i think we were there four or five days in total and four days of interviews and then the fifth day was kind of like b-roll and that sort of stuff yeah and yeah. there anything that you had to leave out because again like everything falls in and around the 10 minute mark was there anything that you'd love yeah. to include because they just seem like they've lived lives absolutely there's there's so much to both of their stories that we literally sat down with a pen and paper and we're like, nope, can't include that. And literally just out of time reasons more than anything else, like Sonny's story is a doc on her own without even meeting Peter. And 
to be honest with you, there had been a couple of things online made um, about their stories and their past and the convictions and stuff. And I really wanted to focus on the love element as mm-hmm. opposed to making this another injustice doc, if that makes sense. So for me, it was really about these two people meeting, falling in love and I suppose finding a sense of hope in their new life through each other as opposed to concentrating on their past. Like, just I'll give you one example. Sonny's, um, while, while in prison, uh, when Sonny was in prison, um, she lost both her parents uh, in a plane crash. And because of this, she lost the custody to two of her, to, to both her children. So within overnight, she lost both her parents and both her children. So she, yeah. she went into prison, a young mother with parents, and she came out an orphan, no husband and no access to her kids. Like, that just broke my heart hearing that for the first time. And so she's such a she's, she's such, so, an upbeat, such a super positive person, strong, hilarious yeah. character, yeah. tiny like tiny but like so yeah. so emotionally. Yeah. Like. So like for me to hear that, I was just like, I really have to try my best with the story and get it across in the most positive way. You know, I I, I think I'm glad that I, I didn't focus on that element as much as maybe I could have because it, it may have taken away from the fact that there there was light at the end of the tunnel for the two of them. You know. Yeah, and I suppose it is. It's hard. I think even you reach that age, you've gone through so much, and then to to trust and like someone again. But I mean, how else? Like, how could you even meet someone that's been through this the exact same yeah. thing as yeah. you? But her story was: I after watching the and she hints at it, and she was like, "I'm I was in the wrong place, at the wrong time," and I did a little bit of googling, and her story is horrific. Yeah, where yeah. her and her partner at the time were dragged along on this 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 kind of mental chase and then she then he was uh, then his death was just grueling so you definitely it was nice that you captured it because again I can totally see this other documentary that could have been made that you just yeah. walk out going oh my god that was yeah so, exactly like, and that's what I tried to avoid so yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. for me I think like growing up watching films and being a big lover of film the films that you remember the films that I suppose you really enjoy are the ones that you leave asking questions and are the ones that are like oh, you want to know more so for me leaving my viewers not knowing everything for me was a bit of a task in itself and that's what I wanted to do from the start so some people kind of get mad at me like oh, we want to know more but that that was kind of the fun part I suppose and yourself anything you would have yeah there was so much I mean like uh, he was best friends with Ronnie Drew he was part of this trad music scene uh, he lived with Luke Kelly so there was this whole musical side to him that we couldn't really go into um, we actually went out uh, shooting with him because the funny thing is he's uh, quite an avid hunter himself so a shooter so um, we thought that might be great to kind of incorporate into the film because it was you know because he, he knew about guns so when this man came in to his surgery to shoot him he kind of he could tell he knew what type of gun what it was and knew what type of bullet it was uh so one of the days we went out shooting in wicklow invited on this kind of prestigious kind of uh uh shoot like a pheasant shoot um and so shooting footage yeah of shooting with a gun <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> just and, okay uh, it was really like you know seeing um how just a, a completely different side to Ireland really you know that they're going around on a gun wagon and something that so me and the camera uh, are one of our producers and uh, one of the uh, B camera operators Dan went out and uh, so we spent a day shooting with him and we hadn't really we were just oh yeah we're just going to go out and film the doctor hadn't really thought about oh there's like 
pheasants flying over us and being shot out of the sky <laughs> and stuff like that. So it's kind of uh, that's one of those situations with like with filmmaking that you'd never really probably be in except for making a film. So and it was uh, it was great. They treated us so well and even just you know stopping for breaks and getting like shots of brandy along the way and stuff like that. Um, Such it's, an aristocratic thing as yeah, well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a doctor. He he just it was kind of um, he was invited by a friend of a friend kind of thing and and was on this shoot and uh, so we were quite lucky to to get on it. Now we didn't end up using the footage, but kind of what you were saying about building a rapport. I think spending that day with him really went a long way to kind of just getting to know him and him getting to know us and uh, kind of not you know getting used to being around cameras again and kind of you know I, I think as well that we weren't uh judging of like because i think shooter like hunters get a lot of flack from people about animal rights and stuff like that because we weren't we you know we we didn't balk around him he kind of he was like okay they're <laughs> they're okay you know so like I, I no day is ever really wasted with a subject you know even if you don't use any of the footage it's all about kind of the more it's it's a funny thing of you don't want to overdo it. It's a you have to get the fine line of. You probably got this as well with your subject and yours like that. Um, you don't want them to get bored, but you want to keep them involved throughout the process. So I guess it's about you know just telling like giving them just the right amount of information that they're involved and they feel like they're collaborating without kind of boring them. And I was going to say, you guys were the same scheme, was it? Mm. Yes. What was? Could you guys tell me a little bit about your process? Actually, start with you, Donica, if that's all right. In terms of working with the, um, um, well, even just getting the funding and putting together the pitch, and some, I think some ideas are just easier than others. This one, it kind of arrived with a name and everything, and I just wrote it down. <laughs> so there, I mean, I don't yeah. know. You know, some ideas are they're a bit harder to pull together and require more research and that kind of thing. But I think this one, it, it, it you know, it was already formed kind of, uh, you know, when they come with the name and everything, that's the best yeah. way. <laughs> some of them, it's like pulling teeth. And I always think if you can think of a good name, you're kind of halfway there. You sort of know what the project is and the shape of it kind of. Yeah, yeah. like because it is, it does capture, it captures the mood as well. That kind of lighthearted, yeah. warm, funny. So excellent. So it was just pitch in. <laughs> yeah 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 i mean because we um i had done um the that short doc um in in di with different iterations of the fund but I, I had produced a few of them so it's kind of familiar enough with the process so um, and actually i had that idea you know for a couple of years but i just for some reason had shelved it kind of so it was just a last minute thing i kind of went oh i should put that in yeah. got it <laughs> yeah. and the rest is history yeah exactly and yeah, yeah so we actually submitted uh one year and it it didn't get shortlisted um and we, we were kind of disappointed but you know we kept kind of tipping away at it and trying to trying to look at it, different avenues and uh then when the scheme came up again um did your original pitch have the docudrama element to it yeah it kind of had everything i think it was just a year that it didn't get picked i think there was a couple of films that were kind of similar kind of look, looking at kind of similar history uh, and it just probably for you and that's what you have to think it, they're they're selecting a program they're not just selecting individual films so it was a good lesson in terms of like don't give up on an idea so we just put it in the second time and it got shortlisted and we went in and uh, 
just yeah the interview went really well and uh got it so i to be honest because i because i had kind of it had been two or three years since i'd first approached the doctor i i wasn't sure you know i was kind of i wasn't sure how i was going to make it work because it was docudrama it was a if some documentaries you could kind of make yourself on a low budget but this one because and it was a period the docudrama period, was yeah, period as yeah. well so and that adds an extra few there's guns there's armors there's, yeah. yeah so costume um but you could imagine if you were an actor going oh yeah yeah of course i'll do on that I yeah, will, yeah i will have yeah, my yeah. reduced rate just yeah. just to be in this yeah like i always kieran who played the doctor i just he just had kind of doctory thing about him and it just it, it just worked really well and, and Steve Gunn Steve Gunn the vasectomy yeah. <laughs> getter vasectomy I patient yeah. number one yeah uh, he like he's a very good friend of mine and uh, it's a kind of a small part but I needed someone really good and when I said it to him he was up for it and that was you know I, that was kind of a relief and he he, he gets the biggest laugh in the film uh, Norma Sheehan uh, she'd be a great friend of mine and again it was a small part secretary and I asked her if she'd do it uh, kind of say like kind of you know if you don't want to do it it's okay and she, absolutely she had a she had a wedding in Cork that day and she drove up for it and like she just wanted to be a part of it and she's she's brilliant in it and then uh, there's two patients sitting in the waiting room and they're they're my brothers yes. <laughs> so uh, save a few bob there yeah yeah, yeah it was great and uh, my brother Tony actually because I wasn't expecting them to act because uh, you know you would never do that to extras but Tony gave such a good reaction to so basically the the real story so that was the thing about the the real story there was such great imagery that it you know had to be recreated so this when the gunman came into the waiting room there was about three or four men waiting to get their vasectomies. Nervous enough already. And then this man comes in with a big coat and a hat and starts assembling a two two rifle in front of them. And they just, so he just emptied the, the surgery. And the funny thing is, nobody thought to tell the doctor. About it. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So to get, to kind of recreate that. And uh, it was great to have my brothers there on set. I think they'd never really, they were kind of surprised at just how, you know, kind of, kind of big scale, and that we were recreating, and you know, all the costume and everything. So that that was a great experience. And I was going to say, so that scheme dictated the length. So does it? Yeah. Do they give you like they a, do? It's yeah. supposed to be around ten minutes. Yeah, around ten yeah. minutes. Yeah. We all stretch it. Yeah. Eleven. You're about um, twelve, 12 and a half, yeah. thirteen or something. I always knew I wanted to keep it short, like it's the same as that. There was so much yeah. stuff that. You couldn't yeah. put in like, um, but yours doesn't like it. Does I think, uh, like yours, it doesn't feel none of the films here kind of feel long. Yeah. No, that's yeah. a very good point actually. Yeah, it's 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 really uh, interesting to watch different films and that they all feel like they're over in a shot. If that makes yeah. sense, you know, yeah. which is great. Yeah. But the, yeah, a lot happens in them. Like there's full arcs mm. in each of them, and I was going to say, so yours was around that mark by choice, or was it? Yeah, no, it yeah. was absolutely by choice. Yeah, I just knew that I wanted to keep it short and sweet, and like it could have been a half an hour doc if you wanted it to, but it, it just I felt it was more appropriate to keep it in under the shorter bracket, I suppose. The documentary has become like I do just the way people consume documentaries now is completely changed, where it's like you'd, you'd have documentary series now 
really popular on Netflix mm-hmm. and they'd be the thing everybody talks about on the water cooler. Yeah. And do you think, have you guys noticed any changes in the just the format over the last while? One of the things we noticed kind of when we were pitching it initially, people kind of were cringing when we heard, when they heard reenactments or dramatic reconstructions because I, I think they automatically thought of prime time or, or a crime line, oh, that yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> uh, whereas I think since then you've like, kind of the popularity of things like the jinx and yeah. um you know people are seeing it done really well and really cleverly uh so i don't i don't think we'd have that kind of pushback now do you know and, and i think yeah I, for us i think yeah people always love a good crime story so. yeah <laughs> it's <a> crime <laughs> yeah and i was gonna say the editing process did you does it change your opinion of it at any stage when you sit down to watch the rushes um, I think, yeah, there's usually a kind of a, a, a phase where you go into the edit and, you know, everything's kind of gets kind of thrown up in the air a bit. I, I, I think, if, you know, eventually you kind of come back around almost by a natural process to the to the very close to the idea you had at the start. But there's always what well, for me anyway, there's always a phase in the middle where, you know, things are a bit more <laughs> scattered and you know you're kind of trying to work with different ideas and different you know structures and that kind of thing i mean i, I i'm sure your process is very different because your, yours felt um um yours felt so structured um both of them you know i, I i'm sure you probably had a much better idea when you started i mean you felt like your script was almost written from the beginning it's so controlled i guess because there were stories that were happening in the past where zero yours was yeah. unfolding in front of you yeah yeah and I had I had a book yeah. to work off as well. So even, you know, this the doctor had forgotten elements of it. And I, in the interview, I was able to kind of prod him and oh, you'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, I forgot that. And then you get, and but then you get a completely new telling of it because it was kind of fresh. Whereas you, I guess you. It was much more on the fly for you. Yeah, because you're sort of saying at the beginning, you know, I want to capture these things and these kind of ideas. And then you're just following people around for a while. And, you know, lots of things happen. And then afterwards, you're sort of you're trying to find th- those things. But yeah. and then, you know, eventually you kind of do find them, even if maybe not exactly how you thought they'd be described. But, they're, but they are there kind of or they tend to be there, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So that's nice. I think that's kind of like the, the magical bit. sort of. <laughs> and it's a very different, say, I presume as a producer when would you step in on the edit but as a director i presume you're there the whole time do you as is it is it different and would you get someone to look at it with fresh eyes then yeah i mean you de- you definitely be in the edit more as a as a director but you know the, the editor we did we did work apart a lot as well i think you, you need, especially with Avdaki, they just you know the editor also needs time just to kind of you know work with the material as well um i think I suppose there's a a lot of more overlap, I think, between producer and director in in documentary anyway. So I it wasn't all that much different, I guess. But I I as a producer, you'd definitely be coming in more towards the end and being the fresh set of eyes. Whereas yeah, you definitely need someone to do that for you. Um, but the, my producer, um, Matt, you know, I've worked as a producer when he's directing, so we're kind of used to working together anyway. You know. Uh, yeah, my poor editor Barney Cowsley, I. I owe him nothing but gratitude. He he was really amazing. Like, we literally we rehashed that story so many times that I feel sorry for the guy. Like we um we we literally had so many different stories telling. Like at one stage we had all her story and barely talked about Peter and we just kept flipping it around and showing different people and being like, What did you think of that and what worked? And 
we just kind of pieced it together over months. Like, like we literally did two interviews and we thought, like, right, we've got loads now, that's it. And we were, like, looking to the Russian. We are like, well, we didn't talk about this and we didn't talk about that. It would be nice to have a beat here. And, like, the whole sea element of the water and that came afterwards. So, like, uh, and reincorporating that and then having to prompt them more about water all came on the, the following interviews. So, like, I, I wish I could say I was as planned as um, the vasectomy doctor, but for me, it was more like hashing out the story as we shot the footage and figuring it out as I went along. But that's probably a, a maturity thing that, that will come with age, I suppose. But um, yeah, I, the, the edit process is definitely the, probably the toughest part for me as a, as a director. To, to, and the other thing as well is your film nearly loses your hands if that makes sense it's in somebody else's hands and you're seeing somebody else's vision come out on screen and you're like why why would you do that and you're talking through different things and for me that was really interesting that true creative process to, to see somebody else visualizing your story in i suppose different ways and yeah, it was really cool actually and i was gonna say that uh it must be interesting to get feedback because there's such real, well, especially yours is a lot of real world issues, but there's, there are real people involved and yeah. you do have a responsibility to them as well. Um, was there ever, and obviously you can't say what it is, but was there ever kind of conscious things that you were like, I feel like it's not in the best interest of my subject to include that? Like I presume even in documentary that does happen all the time where you're like, you know, it would make for a better story, but I, I shouldn't or... Would they be quite open? Like for mine, there was a big one where we could have went down, did they do it or did they not do it and have this whole argument throughout the documentary. But I didn't want to touch on it at all because I wholeheartedly believe that they're innocent, the two of them. And if I went went down that line of, you know, having the audience constantly question that, that for me just wouldn't have been appropriate. So I, from day one, that was a story that I was never going to tell. So that was something that I, I, I ruled out very quickly. Yeah, we had some similar, like a lot of people or some people were saying that we really should try and interview the actual gunman. And, you know, like I know the kind of filmmaker brain that would be incredible or it could be incredible. But I knew that the doctor that wasn't really appropriate and it kind of it was never really the story I wanted to tell. Um, so, had, yeah, I made that choice early on. Um, so he was obviously someone that suffered with mental illness exactly, yeah. and was very yeah. unwell and it would have changed the entire tone of the yeah. piece. So that yeah. makes perfect sense. Like it just ethically it just never felt yeah. like the right thing to do, you know. So it, it wasn't really entertained and and this I wanted to tell the doctor story. and it wasn't even there was kind of suggestion from some people that you could just focus on the shooting, but that never really interested me. The the kind of heart and soul was kind of looking at his his life and uh, his character and the things that he'd done, not just this mad thing that happened to him. You know? Yeah. I, I can't, I'm actually racking my brains to think of something that we kind of consciously left out, a lot of swearing. Maybe. <laughs> 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 but um, in this one, we did. We, I, I, we have done that in documentaries, decided that it would be in the interest of the, the person if we didn't you know, show that aspect, but not, not in this case, I can't think really. Watching it with people, were there any kind of feedback, bits of feedback that you guys were surprised with or were, did you get any kind of nice or interesting, say, information from people that maybe saw the films? Well, yeah, for me, like um, when I first showed the film to um, the short like audience in the college, and um, the amount of questions that people were asking me, like directly after us, made, made me realize that okay, I'm I'm really not including a lot here. So we we rehashed it a little bit to get to give them a little bit of information. And, and the the TV scene at the very start that was never included until like 
very that was shot like a couple of days before we graduated so that was just literally like you have to give them some information at the start to, to set up the scene so we, we did that and we did the the aerial scene with the the radios in the background that that came very late as well just just to give some information to give some context to their i suppose their convictions yeah, yeah. um yeah we tried a few versions where we started with the shooting or started with the gunman kicking in uh the door and pointed the gun at the doctor and kind of like kind of a tarantino go back to the start of the story um and that's always how i had it in my head but it just didn't really work it, so it was one of those things where you just have to go back to the drawing board and and once i think we were trying everything to make it work and once we kind of took it away we were a bit more free and now i actually really like the way it kind of shifts in the middle you know yeah because it is it's like oh like post-referendum it's about like choice and changing views in ireland yeah, yeah. yeah. and then you're like oh no no it's not about this at all <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. we always thought of it as almost like a whodunit because you know some people are thinking oh maybe it was pro-lifers that tried to shoot him and that kind of thing and i'm kind of happy with that little question you know because <laughs> i think that's actually his brother the doctor's brother thought that was the pro-life when he heard that he was shot he, kind of <laughs> he didn't know <laughs> he couldn't think of anyone else who wanted to shoot him but like even the timing is really funny where the gun is pointed and it just moves it was just like I just but i kept thinking like he's yeah. definitely not going to shoot him like it's not a no. real gun or something i kept yeah. thinking just yeah, I was yeah. Like, oh, wow yeah. did this really just happen like <laughs> yeah and we, when we shot it uh, so that scene, the doctor actually came in, and uh, Zeb, who played, he he really looked like him. He was the same height, and he was like, the doctor was like, "Oh, this is a bit freaky." And uh, so we had we had Jude, uh, who's the the firearms guy, came in, and uh, it's mad that the like uh, even just with blanks, I didn't know this. Like there, there's a lot of power that comes out of them, so when we were actually shooting the so he did kind of a test just to show everyone how dangerous even a gun without a bullet is so he got a an a4 page and put it in front just maybe about two feet in front of the gun and got set to shoot it and it like just the air from the gun obliterated the, the page Whoa. so yeah like when we were doing those scenes we just knew how dangerous like guns are and you know the the to actually hear the the sound of what the doctor would have heard and even having the room fill with gun smoke, which would have been the same thing. So it was kind of almost eerie, you know, kind of recreating that, that what happened. Yeah. So you guys must be pretty excited about having your shorts in the IFI documentary festival. Yeah, it's always brilliant to play in the hometown. So I'm looking forward to it. And I believe the um, the screen one is refurbished. So that should be should be really nice to see. Lovely. Yeah, and like... I. Uh, that's my kind of nerd out weekend every year is to go to the IFI Doc Fest. <laughs> like some people go to Horathon or whatever. I, I'm I'm a doc man, so uh, it'd be great to have my own film there. So, yeah, just be, being there last year, I, I I couldn't even imagine that next year I, I'd actually have a film in it. So yeah, really proud and humbled to be going to the IFI. So um, I just want to thank everybody for coming in to chat with us. Uh, that, that was really interesting, and again, like that was a nice way to while away an afternoon is watching those shorts. And- <laughs> They were very enjoyable to watch. So the IFI Documentary Festival is from the 25th to the 29th of September. Um, so there'll be a lot of features. The shorts program where you can get us to watch these and a few more excellent ones is at 1.30 lunchtime at the, on the 28th. And that's the IFI Doc Fest. 
So, and thanks a million for coming in. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Excellent. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you very much.